You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, family of fascinating followers who are funky fresh. <laughs> uh, welcome to Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. This is episode 61. And of course, I am your humble host, Karen, and we are your cacophony of quiz-crunchy kooky cohorts. I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Chris is back. I'm back. back. Hooray. I was back on the little mini episode, but now I'm back for real. So what did you bring us? Nothing. Oh. Oh, (laughs) We want a present. Sorry. We paid your ransom for nothing? (laughs) (laughs) And this episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Bonobos.com. Online store of excellent menswear and maker of some of the best fitting pants in the world. Um, so, Bonobos and Good Job Brain, we have a very special bond together. We both really like puns and riddles, and uh, some people are masters at it, and and some are not. So, uh, <laughs> I feel like that was pointed. <laughs> it is because uh, this I'm... is about people who are not, isn't it? Yes, okay. I'm going to bring back a segment from before. One of our favorite Tumblr is badkidsjoke.tumblr.com, and it's it's authored by a guy who moderates kids jokes at an official kids jokes website. Oh. And a lot of submissions he gets are <laughs> not really good jokes, or they just don't make sense. Right, okay. right. I hope the kids don't find it. They're like, oh, I worked so hard on this, and then you find it on a bad kids jokes <laughs> Tumblr. They are loved by all, but not not because they're good jokes, because they're bad. I'm going to throw some of these out there. Feel free to guess the answer, but you probably will not get the answer because they're jokes that don't make sense at all. They're non-secretaries. No. Okay. All right. So here we go. What did the fox say to the chicken in the restaurant? Mm, Get off my plate. (laughs) <laughs> Not bad. I'm get, trying to. I'm trying to just yeah. think like a like a like a, a kid. Right. Get on my plate. Mm. Oh, okay. He said, "I'm sorry. We don't serve seeds. Only chickens." <laughs> what? what? Oh wait. Oh. <laughs> because they would have fed the chicken. They don't. They're not going to feed the chicken seeds. They're only going to serve right, the chickens. Right. You know, the joke, a ham sandwich walks into a bar and the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve food here. Oh, okay. got it, got it. Yeah, so okay. they got it wrong or misinterpreted. Okay, here's one. What does naked mean? Oh, this, Where do you this, even begin? Yeah, this, this yeah. could be any of a million things. It means so much. <laughs> what, what does naked mean? Anonymous kid. I don't know. Boobs. <laughs> you know what? I bet I bet that kid laughed for a really long time. The oh. other thing is, is like he probably has told this joke to his parents or any other adults, and and they crack up laughing. So oh, he's yeah. like, I'm good at so writing funny. jokes. Yeah. yeah. I don't know boobs. I don't know <laughs> boobs. Make Karen laugh. Look at her. <laughs> oh my god! One more. What did the doctor say to the platypus? <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, I feel I, like this is a real. Uh, I feel like there's something yeah. with yeah, like so there's a problem. Oh, with your put bill. it on my bill. You already yeah. got. Hey, you already got it. my bill. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. It's like that, those are too clever, though. That, those are too clever. Oh, right. He said, "Sir, you are in quite a pickle." <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, oh. Huh. Okay. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> 
Good job, kids. Hmm. <laughs> good, good job, brains. This is why we need gatekeepers on our nation's children's <laughs> yes, humor. Yes. I'm so happy this guy has his job to filter these things. All right, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz Hot Shot. I have a random trivial pursuit card here, and you guys have your barnyard buzzers. Here we go. Blue Wedge for Geography. Papa Doc and Baby Doc Duvalier ruled over what Caribbean country from 1957 to 1986? Mm. All together oh, now? All together. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what the answer was. But I don't I know. Yeah, well, wrong. the problem yeah. with all together is I, I was going to throw something out there, but I don't know what you're thinking. Well, we can all, all nominate a turn. I, I'm going to vote Haiti. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm going to say Jamaica. Everybody's so good. Hey. Oh, I I don't think, yeah, I don't think you correctly read if this was going to be an altogether. Or, uh, or a lot of buzzers. I miss, yeah, I misread that one. What is it? Haiti. Oh, yeah. son of a... Haiti. Yeah. Haiti or Haiti. Uh, no one's yeah. talking with me. Right, yeah. uh, <laughs> Did not know that. All right, pink wedge for pop culture. What superhero practices law as Matt Murdock? Colin? That would be Daredevil. Yes, Daredevil. Oh. Yellow Wedge? Approximately how long was the Anglo-Zanzibar War, called the shortest war in history? Multiple choice. Mm. 38 minutes, 5 hours, or 14 hours? Mm. Chris? I'll say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, even if it's the shortest war in history... Let's say it was 14 hours. Incorrect. Mm. Let's do the the minutes, the A. 38 minutes? Yeah. You are correct. 38 yeah. minutes! That seems suspiciously precise to me. Mm. Well, they started at 9 o'clock, and then 9.38, they were like, never mind. Call it. Yep. <laughs> oh, you brought guns? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, never mind. <laughs> didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know we were doing that. Not bad. <laughs> I forget what we were fighting about. <laughs> yeah, I think it's fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, Purple Wedge. Whoa. Debuting in 1998, what live show introduced audiences to the, quote, ancient art of genital origami? Uh, Is it puppetry of the penis? Yes. (laughs) What? Yeah. They were like Australian, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you never heard of this before? What Trivial Pursuit? Is this from actual (laughs) Trivial Pursuit? (laughs) (laughs) All right, green wedge for science. What symbol did Welsh mathematician Robert Record create in the 1500s? Symbol. Chris. Oh, uh, <laughs> pi. Incorrect. Probably, probably invented by the ancient Greeks. I'm going to go with Greeks on that one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it uh, the infinity symbol? Incorrect. Hmm. Is it square root sign? Incorrect. It is the equal sign. Ah. What? He chose two parallel lines because no two things can be more equal. Oh, that's good. What year was that? 1500s. I wonder what they were using before. Yeah, that's true, huh? No, they never knew what anything added up to it. (laughs) (laughs) No. All right, last question, Orange Wedge. What basketball team did MLB Hall of Fame pitchers Bob Gibson and Fergie Jenkins play for? So I'm putting down my buzzer. (laughs) (laughs) What basketball team? You probably can guess it. What basketball team? What basketball team did MLB Hall of Fame pitchers 
Bob Wait, Gibson and that's Harley not basketball. It's baseball, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. I'll guess. Is it the Harlem Globetrotters? Yes, uh, it is. Okay. The fact that you didn't say NBA team. Yep. Huh? I didn't know that. Bob Gibson huh. played for the Harlem Globetrotters. Huh? Well, yeah. they were all about marketing and you know exactly yeah, getting yeah. celebrities. Yep, yep. They were on Scooby Doo a lot of times. <laughs> they were they solved <laughs> mysteries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so diverse. Mm. All right. Good job, brains. So this week. We're going to talk about something that personally is outside of my comfort zone, but it's something that we face every day. We're going to talk about uh, getting up in the morning and morning stuff. Wow. Early mornings, late by warnings. What's the point of the alarm that I'm ignoring? It's even raining. I'm not complaining. But waking up is hard to do. So, I don't know about you guys. I'm not a morning person. I'm not a at morning all. person either. I, I would uh, much rather stay up super late as opposed yep. to get up early. Yeah. So what I do, I don't know if you guys do it too. Hmm. When I set up my alarm clock, mm-hmm. I have the fake wake up time. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to wake up at 6.30 a.m. That's my first alarm. Yep. And then I set up a second alarm at like 6.45 mm-hmm. and then another alarm at 7.00. But of course, I like miss all of those. Right, right. But like, yeah. I'm like one day. Yeah. One day I will wake up at six thirty. Well, it's also the element of trying to fool your future self, you know. <laughs> yeah. And like you in the morning, you're like, oh, past self was so dumb, thinking that you could outsmart me. <laughs> <laughs> there is an app now that actually lets you. Um, you can hit the snooze button on the alarm, but you have to pay money every time you do it. That's smart. That's really. Smart. And if this is not the case, and I just came up with that, please, no one make it before I. <laughs> There's one that monitors your sleep rhythms, and it, you put the phone in the in the bed with you, and it can tell when you wake up, and then when you're just about to wake up, it'll do the alarm. So mm. it, it wakes you up at a natural like. Uh, uh, it's like a little more starting gentle. point for you. Yeah. Speak of the devil, and in fact, uh, for me, my alarm clock is like a devil. I I don't like getting up. <laughs> I don't. I hate the sound of my alarm clock. I think I'm like a lot of people. I know this is not. Uh, a unique phenomenon where I habitually will wake up just a couple minutes before the alarm and goes turn off. it off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't know exactly what the mechanism is there, but yeah, I mean, I was interested in what, what is the history of alarm clocks? Like where does this go all the way back? And not surprisingly, there are just an immense dense history of alarm clocks, all the ancient cultures, the Greeks, the Arabs, the Chinese. I mean, every, every advanced, uh, nobody yeah. likes getting up. Yeah. <laughs> nobody. <laughs> And clock making and clockwork is a pretty old craft. So, you know, not surprisingly, there are a lot of claims to this is the first. No, this is the first. No, this is the right. first. But then I was thinking, all right, what what is, you know, what's nature's alarm clock? You know, we've all seen countless cartoons Urine. and movies. <laughs> well, <laughs> it is. it's funny that you say that. That's right. There are a lot of stories, you know, particularly attributing to Native American tribes, you know, mm-hmm. before a big battle the night before, you would just drink copious amounts of water knowing that. Yeah. And Whoa. it's. It's it it just makes sense. You drink it a lot. A few hours later, it's going to get you up that's, one way or the other. That's mm-hmm. one of the worst feelings is like you're in bed and you really need a pee, but you're like, no, I can just sleep through this. And you're in uh, this like bad sleep. And oh, it like, affects oh, my just, dreams. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to get up, but 
So no, not urine. Uh, I was thinking more oh, of the the fun. rooster. Yes, oh. the rooster oh, on the okay. farm. The cockadoodle do. We've seen it just countless times. And roosters do actually do this. This is a real thing. Roosters do crow in the morning. And if you're on a farm, it is a pretty reliable way of starting your day. So this is this is what really fascinated me, though. This is brand new research. I'm talking just in the last couple of months. All right. Oh, wow. okay. The researchers in Japan have discovered that roosters they they crow at dawn. It's genetic. It's based on their circadian rhythms. It has nothing to do with them seeing the light and then being triggered by light or, you know, smelling something in the air. So they ran these ingenious experiments. And so they took some roosters. They observed them in a normal 12-hour light, 12-hour dark cycle for a few days. And then they kept them in a constant 24-hour dark cycle. And sure enough, the roosters would continue to crow at the same time, about a couple hours before they were expecting the dawn to come, even though the light would never come. And sure enough, they settled into about almost exactly a 24-hour cycle. They just knew. It's just encoded in the roosters to do this. That it has nothing to do with light or response to anything like else. They are just programmed to do this on a cycle. I know roosters crow in the middle of the afternoon, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not an exclusive to dawn scenario. We we had a rooster when I was a little kid. Oh, really? Yeah, we incubated, like, eggs in my second grade class, and we had little chickens. They were so cute. Mm -hmm. And we brought it home, and it turned out to be a rooster. And he would crow the whole day. The whole day. It would just he was lonely. He wanted some lady chickens, is what my parents said. <laughs> so let's go back to the technology here. So like I say, there's you know a long, long, long history of, of actual clockwork alarm clocks. And particularly in the 1800s, there were some patents granted to adjustable alarm clocks, like kind of what we would think of today, where I can set, you know, wake me up at this exact time. It was not until 1956 that the all-important invention... Snooze! Snooze! Yes, in 1956, GE Telecron came out with the first snooze alarm clock. Mm. And it was pretty simple. It would go off, you'd hit the little bar on the top, and it would go Mm. off again in a few minutes, pretty much indefinitely. Yeah. Man, Um, that is an invention relying on people's laziness. You know what I mean? I don't Uh, know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. And so as we talked about at the top of the segment of these ways of sort of dealing with cheating yourself on the snooze time and how to how to get yourself around it. So uh, one of the inventions that I really love, they came out with this uh, a few years ago. You guys may have seen this. Uh, Clocky. Have you seen this one? Uh-uh. Clocky is the alarm clock that runs away from you. Oh, ah! yeah. So it's what? got wheels on the side of it and it's durable and rugged. So you oh, set it so up. so you have to get up. So it goes off and it gives you one snooze. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it rolls off your bed stand and will try and roll away from you and you know under a couch or something like that mm. and then once it goes off again you're stuck you've got to get up out of bed and go find this thing now so this clock is really for those people who just they know they need to have some concrete motivation to yeah, get their wow. butts like, out I of would bed. be so pissed you know <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't start my day on a positive note, <laughs> playing hide and seek with a robot crawling under the bed to get the <laughs> so I have a short quiz for you guys based around morning. Like, so the answers may have morning in them. If the question already has oh. word morning, oh. then it's probably something else. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. First one. This French nursery rhyme includes the line, morning bells are ringing. <laughs> I don't know. Working backwards is a lot harder than working forward. Uh, isn't it? It's uh, Frere, Frere Jacques. Jacques. Yes. Morning bells are ringing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the English version. Yes. The English version. This is a medieval club-like weapon that included one or more spikes. Chris. Morning star. Yeah. 
So which planet reaches its maximum brightness before sunrise, which is the reason why it was referred to by ancient Greeks and Egyptians as the morning star? Oh. It's a planet. Huh. Colin. Is it, uh, is it Venus? Yes. Oh. According to the Victorian language of flowers, this flower represents love in vain, and its seeds were also used as laxatives. <laughs> Karen. Morning glory. Yes. Who is the Roman goddess of the dawn? Of the dawn. I know. Oh, was that uh, uh, Minerva? No. no. Uh, oh, uh, Aurora? Yes. Aurora. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of, course, of course. Of course. And do you know the Greek version? Uh, when you say it, I will. It's... Uh, no, not Artemis. Ceres? Eos. She, well, she's uh, a titan. E-O-S. Hmm. It's a Beautiful Morning is the 1968 hit song by what group? Yes, that's how it goes. Good job. Not the answer. Who does sing that? Chris. Chris. Well, thematically, I want it to be the OJs. Oh, that would have been good. But but I'm sure it's... That would have been good. All right. It's the Rascals. Ah, Mm -hmm. Rascals. Okay, and finally, this phrase, this famous political phrase appeared in Ronald Reagan's 1984 political advertisement. You guys are all nodding your heads already. What? So the commercial was originally called Prouder, Stronger, and Better, but they renamed it this. Chris. It's morning in America. Yes. I knew Chris would know this. Yeah. Wait, why did they change it? It was the first line of that commercial, and it really struck a chord. Like, it's morning time in America. Yeah. That was an effective yeah. campaign, obviously. It shows up in pop culture all the time. Like, now that you've heard it, you probably will start seeing it appearing in different shows and things. Yeah. Good job, you guys. Wow. Nice. Thanks. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Mornings, for some people, mean being hungover. (laughs) Having had too much to drink the night before. And, uh, I mean, actually, for me, like, hangovers get me out of bed faster because I feel so terrible yeah, yeah. that I'm just like, I, I can't sleep anymore. Just get me out of bed so I can start, like, putting things into my body to maybe kind of, like, yeah. try to erase this. And everybody, I mean, since the dawn of man, people <laughs> have been trying to figure out hangover cures. You know, what can I do to lessen the, the pain of this hangover? And one of the methods has been around for a very, very, very long time. Let's listen to this quotation from <laughs> Athenaeus, a Greek writer from the late 2nd century Whoa. AD. All right. <clears throat> Take the hair, it's well written, of the dog by which you're bitten. Work off one wine by his brother and one labor with another. <laughs> In Scotland, in all kinds of places around the world, um, there is a popular urban legend, uh, an old wives' tale, an old folk cure, that if you are bitten by a dog, what you do is you, you go and get hairs of the dog that bit you and put those hairs into the wound. And this is all... That is there horrible. Is a, that is the worst advice the, ever. Well, the thing is... You might luck out this, and the hair's already left. It's left there um, and it's not going to cure your rabies. But, um, you know... <laughs> yeah. the, Overall, this this phenomenon is this idea, this overarching idea of like cures like. Right, Of, right. of whatever it is that oh, is a problem, okay. you have to go and, and do exactly that same 
thing again. More and of that it. is how you will cure it. Right. <laughs> yep. This never tends to work out. Uh, yeah. But this was an overarching theory from back when they were really just trying to come up with theories. Oh, I get it. If you're hungover, you drink more. Right. Yes. And so got it. hair of the dog that bit you, we no longer, I mean, you know, it's funny because we think about, oh my God, why would I pull hairs out of the dog that bit me and put them into the wound? That's ridiculous. But at the same time, people actually still have this, this idea of I'm going to go out and drink more and that's going to cure the hangover that is left behind in my body. Um, I mean, so, yeah, usually, like, to... I, I always heard it was just like a little bit. Like, you don't go out and get you have, blitzed again. Uh, it's, you have yeah. un- one drink, yes. Right, and now right. some people say if you drank, you know, Jameson's the night before, you should drink Jameson's in the morning. You should drink exactly what it was you had the night before to counteract the, uh, the ill effects of a hangover. This is all reasoning by drunk people, I yeah. should point out. Yes. I'm, like, I'm like, fool me once. Shame on you. Yeah. Fool a lot me of, twice. Yeah, a lot of what I, was, what I was reading up yeah. on, like, is this actually effective or not? Which, as it turns out, I mean, the answer is probably not. Um, like, when you have a second drink in the morning, and of course, this, this goes many, many different cultures. I mean, again, people have been doing this for millennia. And what it does is, you know, it starts the same process over again <laughs> right, right. of making you feel good because you're drinking alcohol. And so you you forget about, like, the fact that you're so dehydrated and the fact that your stomach hurts because there's toxins and the fact you have a headache because blood vessels are constricted. You know, you forget about it. It doesn't fix any of those things. And what it does yeah. is it delays them into the later part of the day when maybe you're a little bit more awake and can deal with them a little bit better. Now, this is really interesting. There's a lot of different metaphors that are used in cultures all because the practice is mm. the same, but the, sometimes the metaphor is right, different. Right, right, right. So in Germany, they talk about having a uh, counter beer. A <laughs> <laughs> counter, uh, counter beer. I like that. Um, <laughs> in uh, in Japan, the word is mukai zake, which means welcome drink. <laughs> like, <laughs> and wow. in, in Bulgarian and other languages, they use a metaphor. They say using a nail to dislodge a nail. <laughs> now we know what helps a hangover. You should eat light, easily digested food. And you oh. should drink lots greasy and lots food. of water. Greasy food. Extra greasy. I, 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 See, that's the thing. The greasy food, the search for a cure for hangovers seems oh. to be more of a search for a fun cure for yes. hangovers. <laughs> or yeah. like an excuse to like do excuse. bad things Indulge. to yourself. Yeah, it's right. amazing. None of these cures are ever anything that sounds unpleasant. Right. Oh. So the greasy food is actually harder to digest, which means it's, it's not. It's just yeah. it's just more fun to like, oh, great, I'm, I'm hungover. This is an excuse to eat like yeah. three fried eggs. And a bunch yeah. of bacon. My yeah, body yeah, yeah. knows what it wants, and it <laughs> wants waffles. It and... needs Jack in the Box right now. <laughs> Coffee doesn't really help either. Like, really, like the best you. it dehydrates you. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, the best thing to do is drink water. But it, yeah, overall, it, you just overall, need water. Yeah, yeah, just water and time. Let's take a quick break and uh, let's go back to some bad kids jokes. You guys ready for round two? Oh man, there's a round two. Oh, oh my god, I didn't, oh. I didn't save up my energy for this. All right, <laughs> what's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm still emotionally recovering. I know. From the first one. Yeah. All right, all right. What do you do if a skinny spider comes crawling up your bed? A skinny spider comes crawling up your bed. Close your mouth. Feed you know, it. Make it fat. I don't, I don't know. know. It's in all caps, so I'm just going to yell it. All right. Do farts! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> wow, like, yeah. he, he totally threw me off the trail skinny. with the skinny detail. Yeah. I'm like, right. okay, well, the, why the spider's skinny for a reason? Yeah. Like, These jokes just, are yeah. only red herrings. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> do, do farts. Not fart. Do farts. Do farts. Yeah, yeah. do farts. <laughs> all right. 
What's ugly but happy? The cast of Good Job Brain, a trivia <laughs> podcast presented weekly. I think it's going to be something uh, mean and a little too revealing, like my grandma or something like that. <laughs> it's going to be something uncomfortable. A frog. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because they don't know. They're just... <laughs> they don't know. Yeah, they don't know. They have plenty of skinny spiders mm-hmm. to eat. <laughs> and do farts on you. Naturally. <laughs> All right, last one. Why was the cow's dress wet? <laughs> she was standing in the mud. <laughs> Someone dunked her in milk. I don't know. Because she was... She can't even read it. Uh, I can't. <laughs> She's paralyzed. Do you want me to read it for you? It was a wet do it? contest. <laughs> it's just sometimes I can't like vocalize all caps and exclamation marks right. to the desired effect. Why was the cow's dress wet? Because she washed her boobies one hour ago. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. I, don't I don't know. She washed her boobies one hour ago. Some I'm people just... just learned some new words. <laughs> yeah, They're really yeah. excited. Somebody just learned to... about boobs. Yeah, to, <laughs> really excited to talk to about it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Again, these jokes kill. At recess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all in the delivery. It, I think. It, it, oh, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. the way you tell them. If I was, was five fun. years old and somebody yeah. told me that, I'd yeah. be on the floor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. You can spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and get more time to actually play the games you love with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. You'll hear everything from Comic-Con coverage to the huge Diablo 4 launch. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Good Job Brain. Smooth puzzles, smart trivia, Good Job Brain. Welcome back. You're listening to Good Job Brain, and this week we're talking about mornings. So wake up. Wake me up before you go. Don't leave me hanging on like a yo-yo. Wake me up before you go. go. I don't want to miss it when you hear that high. Wake me up before you go. Speaking of drinks, I have a 
pretty meaty quiz for you guys. And uh, some of this stuff is actually inspired by a listener quiz. Um, Listener Jonathan wrote in and and wrote us some questions about uh, morning drinks. The way we're going to do this is you guys have pads of paper in front of you. We're not going to do buzzing. You're going to write your answers down. This quiz is pretty intense. All right. Wow. Uh Uh-oh. And I'm going to start off with this first question. Mm Mm-hmm. In February of 2013, a Washington state man bought what was believed to be the most expensive drink in Starbucks history. This contains 48 shots of espresso, a mocha drizzle, matcha powder, which is that green tea powder, Mm -hmm. two bananas, protein powder, caramel brulee topping, strawberry, vanilla bean, and caramel drizzle, and frappuccino chips. Yikes. He called this drink the quadragino tuple frap. Okay. How much did this redrinkulous beverage yeah. cost? Wow. Closest to the answer in dollars. All right. All right. Answer is up. Colin says $92. I say $28. Dan is 28 Oh my God! Chris put one seventy six. You can't get forty eight shots of espresso. That was my reasoning. Bucks. Yeah, I was like, maybe they give him a bulk discount. Uh, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. How the much answer is, is forty seven dollars. Oh, Dana's wow. the closest. Forty seven dollars. Wow. Oh, I'll go buy one now. That <laughs> sounds pretty reasonable. <laughs> and I won't sleep for a month. <laughs> and, oh. <laughs> All right, number two. This is the twelve ounce challenge. I'm going to give you a list of drinks in 12-ounce serving. You have to write the drinks in order from least caffeinated to mm. most caffeinated. Wow. Okay. All right. So in 12-ounce okay. amounts. Red Bull, mm-hmm. Coke Zero, Snapple Lemon Iced Tea, 5-Hour Energy, Cold Stone Creamery Mocha Ice Cream, <laughs> and Starbucks Espresso. And I'll say it again. Red Bull. Coke Zero, Snapple Lemon Iced Tea, Five Hour Energy, mm-hmm. Cold Stone Creamery Mocha Ice Cream, and Starbucks Espresso. Okay. All 12 ounce. From least caffeinated to most. Okay, sorry. Colin, what, what do you have from least to most? All right, from least to most. Coke Zero, Snapple Lemon Iced Tea, Five Hour Energy, Starbucks Espresso, Red Bull, and then the Cold Stone Creamery Crazy Mocha Beast. Okay, Dana? It's Snapple, Coke Zero, Cold Stone, Espresso, Red Bull, and then the um, Five Hour. Chris? I said Coke, Snapple, Cold Stone, Red Bull, Espresso, Five Hour Energy. Oh my god, you are correct! Yes! (laughs) So so Coke Zero, Snapple Lemon Iced Tea, Mm -hmm. Cold Stone Creamery Mocha Ice Cream, Mm -hmm. Red Bull... Starbucks espresso and five hour mm. energy drink. So yeah. just from the least to most, Coke Zero has thirty five milligrams uh, mm-hmm. of caffeine in twelve ounce, and five hour energy drink. You need six full little bottles of five hour right, energy shots, tiny. yeah, to get to twelve ounce. It contains 
1,248 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, you know, I guess that makes sense because they, they say that it's like one... all caffeine. That's right. That's right. Good job. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, Coke, Snapple, and Cold Stone, those are not like, those are not marketed as like, these are going to make you, you know, really intensely hyper. Yeah. Right? And so Red Bull Espresso 5-Hour Energy are, so I kind of figured that that was how they proceeded up the chain as far as 12 hours. The, the Cold Stone was going to be the sneaky one. Like, oh, oh my God, you would never assume that it has this much caffeine. I still think right. it's sneaky though. I mean, like, it's kind of a shock to me that Coke Zero is the least. Mm. Coke oh, Zero really? has less than Diet Coke. Yes. It has a little bit, yep, but it's yep. less than Diet Coke. If Diet Coke were in this list, it would be Coke Zero, Snapple, Lemon Iced Tea, and then Diet Coke. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Number three. Okay. Kettles and pots are the common tools to brew tea in most of the world, but the Russians, Turks, and Iranians tend to use what traditional device? Like, I, I feel like I've seen it before. People have made it for me before, Turkish-style coffee. All right, everybody ready? Answers up. <laughs> Colin says press. So Dana you... says stranger thingy. I think we're talking about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> Chris put... What? Matryoshka dolls. Oh, those nesting, those nesting dolls? dolls? That is, is, that's not what they're for? <laughs> that, that would be cool. That would be actually tea? pretty cool. Uh, it is I called... Say we try it. A samovar. Oh, okay. that's right. I've, I've a seen samovar. a lot of tea places called samovar, yeah, I but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. Could not pull that name out. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Released in 2006 and pulled from the market just two years later, this coffee-flavored cola product featured twice as much caffeine as its classic cousin. What is the product called? Huh. Wait a minute. Oh, I think I remember this. Oh. Answers up. Colin says Coke Black. Oh. Dana says Pepsi AM. <laughs> and Chris says Pepresso. Pepresso. Pepsi-presso. Pepsi-presso. The espresso flavored Pepsi. It is Coca Cola Black. Oh. oh. Huh. Did not know that. It just sounds absolutely terrible. And Black, oh, yeah. black spelled edgy. B L A K. Of course. Yes. Yes. What contribution did businessman Chalio? Yuwithaya introduced to the world. And here's a hint mm -hmm. that is a Thai name. Answer is up. Colin says Thai iced tea yum. Dana says Thai tea. Oh, Chris says invented bubble tea. Mm. All incorrect. Uh, what is All it? All incorrect. Red Bull. Oh, of course. Oh, it is Thai. Thailand. Huh. We've all heard that Red Bull was inspired by a, a Thai product, also known as Red Bull mm -hmm. in Thai. Um, actually, there are two different types of drinks. Right, right. With the way they sell it there, it's it's not liquidy and carbonated. It's small, and it's almost like a little shot, like closer to a five-hour energy. Yep. It's kind of like thick and syrupy. So what we know popularly as Red Bull is actually from Austria. It's an Austrian company. All right. Pads down. Buzzers up. Wow. Here's the last part of my quiz. Wow. On to phase right. two. Phase two. <laughs> this segment is called Energy Drink or Discovery Channel Show. All right. I'm going to read you a name and you buzz in and tell me whether if it's a name of an energy drink or a name of a show on Discovery Channel. Okay. This also includes Animal Planet shows as well, too. All right. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Sparks. Chris. Energy drink. Correct. It is uh, actually a pre for loco. It is energy drink oh. plus uh, alcoholic beverage. Oh. Sparks. 
The Devil's Ride. I'm going to say energy drink. It is a show ah. on Discovery Channel. It's about a, a motorcycle club. Of course. Oh. Rip it. Dana. Energy drink. Yes, energy drink. Marketed as, and this is the tagline, energy fuel at a price you can swallow. <laughs> it was actually given to a lot of people in the U.S. Army. Hmm. Oh. Right. Fast and loud. Dana. Show. Yes, show. It's a old car restoration show. Full throttle. Colin. That's an energy drink. Yes, energy mm-hmm. drink. Uh, famous for its, quote, no choke mixture. Um, <laughs> what? I look, what are the problems that people seem to be having with energy drinks? So actually, for full throttle, they remove the, the carbonation. So oh. it's easier to down oh. it without the bubbles. Oh. Okay. No. All right. Shark stimulation. <laughs> I hope this is a Discovery Channel show. It is a drink. Gross. <laughs> Gross. What is wrong with stimulation? People? Is a terrible word. Like yeah. for a shark stimulation. I would watch Shark Stimulation. Yeah, that sounds like a great show yeah, yeah. and a terrible thing to happen to you. All right, Gold Rush. That's a show. That is a show. And lastly, Beaver Buzz. <laughs> I hope this is a drink. It is a drink. Yeah. Oh, all right. It is an energy drink. Beaver Buzz uh, is produced in Canada. No. <laughs> by a drink company formerly known as Double D Beverage Company. So, what are they known as now? Uh, good for you. That's a better name to go with the Beaver Buzz. <laughs> they don't lack for subtlety. No. <laughs> So you wake up in the morning, you may or may not have the hair of the dog that bit you, you get through your hangover, you slam your sparks or your sparks <laughs> in the morning. Your shark stimulator beverage. Stimulation. Right, shark stimulation. Uh, but whatever it is, you're up and you're out of bed. And uh, if you're like most of us, unfortunately, now it's time to go to work. Yeah. And I know a lot of our listeners uh, listen to the show during their commute. And there may be some listening right now while you are in a carpool. So I want to talk to you guys very quickly about <laughs> carpooling. And uh, Don't worry. The person next to you is not a crazy axe murderer. <laughs> They're just giggling out loud for Probably. a reason. Probably. I grew up down in L.A. And you know there was carpooling as long as I can remember there. And so when I started looking into the sort of the history of carpooling or what they call HOV, high occupancy vehicle lanes, I just sort of naturally assumed like, oh, this must be a California thing. You know, this must be something that started in LA and so I was looking into it and it wasn't in fact um, the first uh, carpool lane in America anyway was in DC technically speaking it was in Virginia but yeah I mean the movement really started in the 70s 80s just really trying to reduce congestion get fewer people on the roads and it started pretty slowly it sounds like it was people love their cars hard to sort of encourage people to let someone else drive so then I was like okay well if the first one was not in California surely the first carpool lane in California must have been somewhere in LA and again and I was wrong in my assumption. Oh, where huh. was it? This is great. I love this. The first carpool lane, permanent HOV lane in California, was right here in our backyard. It was on the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge. Oh. In April 1970, they started the first okay. permanent dedicated lane for buses and high-occupancy vehicles, uh, which I thought was great, like right here locally. So I was wrong on both counts. <laughs> um, but then I started thinking about it. It, it kind of makes sense that they would be more important in tight, small areas as opposed to 
down in LA, which is sprawling and big. And they kind of got off to a slow start, but it was the oil embargo of 1973. For understandable reasons, gas prices went through the roof. You'd show up on your specific day to get your gas. And you, yeah, if you were a Tuesday, you know, you couldn't show up on Monday and get your gas. You would show up. Obviously, this spurred a lot of people carpooling and sharing uh, rides to work. And, you know, today, uh, it's funny, they use it a lot as incentive for low emission vehicles as well. You know, we probably know you can get an HOV pass if you have uh, an electric car. My favorite part of the whole carpooling culture is the way people try and game the system and cheat the carpooling system. (laughs) Fake person. Well, fake person from the from the Sky Mall catalog. Fake person is is in fact a real (laughs) thing. There are there. I can't even give you a specific incidence of the first one because there are people who do this. Look at a blow up dummy. Yeah. Stick it in the you know passenger seat. That's if you happen to be lucky in a place where the carpool is two people or or uh, more. You know, probably invented by somebody who already had the blow up dummy, (laughs) like in the trunk or something. You know, I could really repurpose this for another reason. Right. Exactly. And I mean, the fines. You know, the fines for violating the HIV lanes are pretty stiff. People have dummies in the cars. Um, A simpler way is just getting a fake version of the HOV sticker on the side of the car and read, you know, interviews with uh, highway patrol officers. And they've said like some of these, they've just become expert at spotting the fake stickers. You know, Mm -hmm. they're like, I can just tell, I can just tell when it's a fake sticker. It's like on a car. That's obviously not an electric car. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, 1973 Dodge Dart. (laughs) So those are sort of the, uh, the more classic ways of cheating the carpool system. But uh, I came across a story that I wanted to share with you guys that uh, just really for me, just took the cake in terms of just outright chutzpah in trying to game the system. So I'm going to read to you and paraphrase a little bit here. Uh, This was an article that appeared in the San Francisco Chronicle. Some people will do anything to get out of a traffic ticket. Jonathan Freeman failed to convince a judge after he argued that he was not alone when a CHP officer pulled him over in October while driving in the carpool lane. Instead, Freeman admitted that he had reached onto the passenger's seat and handed the officer papers of incorporation connected to his family's charity foundation. By Freeman's estimation, if corporations are indeed persons, as was first established in 1886, (laughs) then surely there were two people in his car. And what he's alluding to, of course, is the, the ruling that corporations can count as people. So the idea that if a corporation can be persons and people, that therefore these represent people traveling in his car. Now, I'd like you guys to guess whether he was successful in the <laughs> and he was not, it's of course. It's clever. It is clever. It's now, a smart, sneaky... He said he expected to lose. He was not surprised when they ruled against him, but he was trying to find a novel way to challenge the system. Okay. Uh, so I, I got to okay. give the guy credit for trying. He's like, no dummies, no stickers. He's like, here's my uh, corporate incorporation papers. Hmm. Pretty clever. Congested. I was expecting, like, he had a blow-up doll that's like a pregnant blow-up doll with a blow-up baby in it. Yeah. And be like, oh, oh yeah. Three people. Yeah, it'd be three people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus the corporation. Now yeah. It's a, now it's a family of four. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's a precedent any court wants to set. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you guys know I love Sporkle, the w- website that has quizzes that people make. Oh, I, yeah. I go there all the time. I go there like on my downtime. They're gonna start paying you, basically. <laughs> I'm on there a lot. I like to. I, I like answering the quizzes. They're fun. And I found one. It was Saturday morning cartoon characters by Sarah Bell. She did a really good job making it. And I want to share it with you guys and see how you all do. Yeah, so I will name the characters on the show, and you tell me what the show is. It's like lightning round okay. style. All right, first one: Swift Heart, Brave Heart, Karen. 
Care Bears. Yes. Yeah. Because oh, Braveheart is yeah, yeah. the lion, but oh. he's not a bear, I think. All right. Kringor, Ram Man. <laughs> uh, masters that's, of the Universe. That's Masters of the Universe. Yes. Uh, Splinter, Don- <laughs> Karen. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. Red Butler, Indigo, Murky, Twink. Colin, Mm-mm. Karen, Rainbow Bright, yes. Oh, that's right. So I was yes. like, oh, yes. something yeah, like yeah, color, yeah. color team, color. Yeah. Prince Lotor, Sven Holgerson, Princess Allura. Keith... Allura. Oh, that's uh, Shira. No, no Aurora, uh, not Allura. Allura. Another one, Keith Kogain or Kogani. Gummy There's... bears. Nope. No. <laughs> I know this. This is familiar. What is this? Voltron. Oh, yes. That's right. Oh, right. That's right. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Right. Jerrica. <laughs> ah! Gem in the holograms. Yeah. Panthro. <laughs> Everybody. Thundercats. Snarf, snarf. <laughs> Buttons. Fizzy. Cherry's Jubilee. I really want this to be gummy bears. No. no. One of these days is going to be gummy bears. Karen. <laughs> Pound puppies? Nope. And then the last one's Lickety Split, My Little Pony. Oh. oh. Bumbalion, Ellaru, Rhinoki, I know that. Blizzard. Oh, wow. oh Bumbalion, Bumbalion. Oh my God. Oh my God. Time I is up. Picture. It is the Wuzzles. Oh. <laughs> okay. I picture him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bumblebee. <laughs> Transform. Oh. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darn. Duke, Serpentor. Chris. G.I.J. Uh, yes. Penny. Mm. Chris. Inspector Gadget. Yeah. Dr. Peter Venkman. Oh. <laughs> Everybody. Ghostbusters. Go, re- no, the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, the real oh. Ghostbusters. Oh. Blinky. Pinky. Everybody. Pac-Man. Yeah. Pac-Man. Scooter. Skeeter. Oh! My Muppet babies. babies. Yep. Gadget. Chippendale's Rescue Rangers. Oh, yes. Rescue Rangers. Chippendale. Any danger. <laughs> All right. Glimmer. She-Ra Princess of Power. Uh, yep. Gyro Gear Loose. Launchpad McQuack. Uh, <laughs> DuckTales. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hefty, Vanity, Gargamel, <laughs> Brainy. Uh, the Smurfs. <laughs> Good job, you guys. The wow. Smurfs. Hey. Woo. All right. So, um, actually, some of those were after school cartoons. <laughs> still a good quiz. Yes. It's absolutely. still a good quiz. It still yes. made me happy and, yes. and enjoy because Saturday mornings were all about the cartoons. All right. And that's all of our morning talk for today. And Colin, you have a last trivia quiz segment for us? I do. I have a little quizzer here. So I love watching commercials for prescription drugs and over-the-counter drugs <laughs> because, well, like partly sure. the one part is like, you know, they list all the side effects. Like that's always fun. Oh, right. Yeah, but yeah. the thing I love about the drugs is that they always, they, they try to find names that make them sound so scientific and technical and yet also not too uh, scary. scary. Right. And I I couldn't help but notice how many drugs sound like elements. They end in U-M or I-U-M. So in the spirit of that, I'm going to present a quiz for you guys called Element or Drug. 
So I'm going to read out to you guys a, a name, and every one of these is either an element on the periodic table or it is a commercially available drug. Wow. So this is really a quiz of how well you know your periodic table. I guess so. Or, yeah. or watch drug commercials. Or watch yeah. a lot of drug commercials, right. All right, so here we go. So you guys, for each of these, you guys will let me know element or drug, and we'll keep score. All right. Thorium. All say element. You are all correct. Yay. Yay. Like Thor. Thorium. <laughs> Thursday. Element atomic number 90. One of the radioactive ones. So don't eat any thorium, kids. Okay. okay. Right. Nexium. All say drug. You are all correct. Yeah. Right. What does it do? Uh, it is a drug primarily for heartburn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Direnium. Whoa. Now we're getting tough. Direnium. Karen... I'll say drug. You are correct. It is yeah. a drug. What is it? What is it? Uh, it's a diuretic. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. So like diarrheanium. Oh, that's yeah. part of the Di- Y. Diarrheanium. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. part of the Y, but close enough. Close enough. Librium. Librium. I could have seen. Chris says drug. Karen and Dana say element. It is a drug. Oh, oh. It is an anti-anxiety drug. Oh. Librium. Oh, like a free. free. Yeah. <laughs> you, should, you should have some now. Prometrium. Oh. Prometrium. Mm. All say element. You are all incorrect. Oh, no. Prometrium uh, is a drug, yeah, usually part of a hormone replacement therapy for women undergoing menopause. Oh, interesting. <laughs> it well, sounds so nerdy, like Prometheus. Prometheus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. All right, here we go. Hopefully, this will, I'll throw you guys a bone here. Prometheum. What, what, what did we have oh, that just was before? Prometrium. That was Prometrium. Oh. This is Prometheum. You all guess element. You are all correct. Okay. Oh, oh, I wonder if okay. there's a trium is drug, theum is e. No, I, no, I think it was more of the uh, like mitral lining, I think, is where that one came from. Oh. <laughs> Do we get points? or Prometheum. Gonna... Oh, yeah, sorry. Chris wants his points. <laughs> Prometheum element, atomic number 61. I want everybody to have their points. Oh, right. Here we points go. all around. Dysprosium. Dysprosium. Drug, drug, drug. You all say drug. You are all incorrect. What? I know. This one sounds like a drug. It like dis- discomfort or dys- or dyslexia. Is Dysprosium is element uh, number 66. It's oh. one of the, uh, the rare earth elements, kind of uh, metallic. Dysprosium. Dysprosium. Or dyslexia. <laughs> yes, yeah. It sounds like a drug. Oh. Uh, all right. No, no points, points there. Here we go. And these are getting tricky. Or maybe they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Pyridium. Pyridium. P-Y-R. Pyridium. All say element. All incorrect. Oh, my God. There must be one just like it. Pyridium is a drug uh, typically prescribed to uh, treat pain associated with urinary tract infections. Pyre. Fire. Pyro. Fire. Oh, right. There you go. So it might be an element. (laughs) The burning and the inflammation. Burning in your pee-pee There we go. All right. All right. Last one. Dipentum. Dipentum. Sounds more like a computer. <laughs> Dana says element. Chris says drug. Karen says element. It is a drug. Oh, I oh. thought it was a drug, and that's yes, why I was me like... Too. <laughs> you thought it was a drug, so you... Yeah, because I was oh, like, okay. oh, my instincts are obviously oh, I off. I was so. in your head. Yeah. 
Dipentum is a drug, yes, uh, prescribed for colitis and irritable bowel syndrome. What is colitis? Oh, okay, okay. I was going to be like, what is colitis? So final tally, uh, Chris uh, knows his drugs or, so. and or elements. And uh, will sell you anything you need, man. <laughs> I got all the dysprosium you need. All right. Good job, guys. We think a lot. That's all about second guessing. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, and that's our show. Thank you guys for joining me, and thank you guys, listeners, for listening in. Hope you learn a lot about drugs, hangover cures, snooze button, and uh, caffeinated drinks and whatnot. And you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, and also on our website, goodjobbrain.com. And join us on Facebook and Twitter as well. And check out our sponsor at bonobos.com, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.